Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I should have said viewers, listeners, readers. This is Matt Matera's new thing, Scott. I don't know if you know it. I know, but yeah. he's, he's he's got a new thing going on, and it's throwing me off now because I've been doing this for a year, and now it's like I got to relearn how to do this. And but anyway, Matt's right; it should be viewers as well because most of you are watching us live right. on YouTube on the Pewter Report podcast. We are excited about it. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com along with me, Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com as well. And man, it's good to be back on the show with you, Scott. It has been I know. few and far between that we've been able to be on the podcast together over the past couple months because of your voice. But yes. it's been uh, fun to get back into the swing of things with the Bucks. And I know you've been hard at work covering training camp while I was taking a little vacation time. Yeah, it was it was fun to be out there. Unfortunately, the rain uh, you know, kept uh, some of the media out today, including myself, uh, mm-hmm. because there's limited media spots available mm-hmm. when they go inside. So you were in there today and you're going to be telling us all about training camp. I'll offer up my insights from what I've seen so far. And, you know, we can also talk about a very revealing press conference mm-hmm. by Bruce Arians today. I think he made a lot of news uh, in that. Usually he's not as forthcoming, but today he, he kind of was. I thought that there's some right. pretty good quotes we'll get to. Yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, he's always interesting. You never know how much news there'll be, but there'll always be some things you're like, wait, what did he say? And what does that mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, so there was some of both, I think. Uh, I'll talk about the thing that I believe is just, I don't really get. There's a controversy right now that the that seems to be brewing and the coaches and have kind of spurred it on maybe a little bit. And I don't get it within the Bucks uh, lineup right now. But first, we got to recognize our friends over at Celsius for the amazing, wonderful beverages that they make. I've got the classic orange here, the classic sparkling orange, Scott. That's, that's uh, my favorite. I, you know that. Uh, yes, this is your favorite. I have, I love it as well. This is one of my wife's favorites. So I, I was telling people yesterday, if you tuned into yesterday's podcast, you know that we had to make the drive back from Pennsylvania to Tampa Bay and did it through the night. <laughs> was that a drive fueled and, by Celsius? John? It was fueled by Celsius. by Celsius. Look, I'm telling you, in the car door next to me, there were just four Celsius, like straight out of the fridge before we left, ready to go, yeah. just pop it. And at one point, I think I just had had Celsius for like a, a six hour span. I just drink drank Celsius. I didn't eat anything. So I had to stop, get something to eat so I didn't pass out or anything. But uh, no, it was great. I mean, it fueled me. And honestly, I drove through the entire night and I had no issue driving through the night because of Celsius. So yeah, John, saved us. it was great. Let's rewind a little bit here. You were not at by any stretch of the imagination an energy drink guy whatsoever. No. Before no, I wasn't. Celsius came aboard as a sponsor and you tried it for the first time. And yeah. you're, I don't, I don't want to say an addict. That's that's maybe not the right word, but, but in the <laughs> how about that? How about a Celsius? Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. And I think my family, and then what's cool is like I've been able to turn on so many other people to Celsius because of this, like yeah. so many friends and family. And I mean, I had so many Celsius conversations up in Pennsylvania yeah. and I brought cans. And so people were able to get some sample that they hadn't before, ordered some for themselves. So it's just been fun to see the culture kind of come up for this. And Bucks fans, you've been a big part of that as well. So if you're looking for more Celsius or to try some more flavors, go click on those Celsius banner ads at pewterreport.com. Go to Celsius.com. Use the You can get Celsius near you so that you can uh, enjoy yourself some of these fresh variety flavors with no sugar, but lots of essential energy. Helps you burn body fat, accelerate metabolism, do all that good, healthy stuff over at Celsius.com. All right, Scott, today's Bucks practice, I mean, it was not nearly as entertaining as Monday, but that isn't – Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, that's, hold on here. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Who was the starting quarterback today? 
Today, the starting quarterback was Kyle. No, it was Ryan. Oh, yeah, it was Blaine Gabbert. You're right. Yeah. It's Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> okay. Is that a Celsius? So, um, That's his problem right Celsius. there. Celsius. Probably not. Problem. But that, that's, that might be had a Celsius. number two behind Brady. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, that might be. Yeah. But listen, I mean, look at that man. That's that's a beautiful man there. I mean, the, the Buccaneers might have the best quarterback room from a looks perspective, right? When you got Tom Brady, who's a handsome <laughs> devil himself, right? And Blaine Gabbard, and then you got Ryan Griffin. That's you know, a good Kyle point. Trask. You know, I'm just saying it's, you know, GQ, GQ, let's do a photo shoot, right? I mean, that's right. Uh, then these guys can play too. I mean, we'll get to Blaine in, in a minute, but uh, obviously Tom Brady, the GOAT at age 43, comes down to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, 43 touchdowns at age 43. What can this guy do for an encore, John? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was no Brady at practice today, so there was obviously going to be a little bit of a lull in terms of energy, momentum, and some things like that. But it was supposed to be that way, I think, today. I mean, it was a the first hour of practice was pretty slow, but it was – good teaching reps, some more individual time, some walkthrough time. There wasn't quite as much fast-paced stuff as there had been the day before. That's kind of how these things work sometimes. But, man, it was good work still. I mean, you still got to see a lot of good things from several players. We'll get to some of the biggest takeaways, but I'll start at the quarterback position because I, I really wanted – what did I tell you early in the practice? Because Gabbert was struggling and it wasn't necessarily the best we've seen from him. And there's been kind of this seesaw with him the last couple of days, lots of interceptions – some good throws, you know, sometimes yeah. he holds onto the ball too long. There's always that mixed bag. But it really wasn't like, I mean, two days ago, Cal Trask made the most of his opportunities. He only got a few right. reps, Scott, but, I mean, two dimes down the field. I don't think the ball touched the ground very often. And then today was just, uh, I mean, the opposite. He was just terrible today. Like, he really struggled. He had <laughs> he like the a rookie, worst interception. You know? That's yes, to be he expected did. sometimes. He had, a, he had a, uh, a throw to the far sideline. It just it was the same kind of throw that got him in trouble in college. Got the interception against Alabama when they played in Florida. Um, it was that kind of long throw to the sideline where he doesn't open up and drive the ball as much as he should. Just floated. I mean, Nate Brooks, who God love the man, but it has been He's a brutal training camp. Yeah. He's not, yeah. and yeah. he broke on the ball and got there so early. He, he was actually it early he to got the a ball. Big six, John. No, he dropped no? it. It was the oh, easiest catch Nate. of his life. I know on, it was, Nate. but it was like one of those things where even when it goes well for Nate, it can't yeah. go well enough right now for him. But John, yeah, I dropped the pick six. John, I mean, let me stop you on that point there. You're talking about Trask and that throw. And we saw that, that pick six against Florida, right? Uh, I'm yeah. not against Florida, against the Oklahoma in the bowl game, right? Um, same type of, of throw is, is that, that play? Yeah, uh, it was it was exactly pretty much exactly the same type of throw. I think. Okay, yeah. and you know what? Was it the same throw that that Brady threw a pick six to uh, in in New England and also in, uh, uh, in at Raymond James Stadium against the Chargers? That those pick sixes, right? I mean, that, that's a staple throw in this Bruce Arians offense, and and we didn't see it maybe as much as as we did earlier in the season because Brady even had some 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 difficulty with that throw with with uh, yeah getting the timing down with the receivers yeah I think I mean Brady's issue was 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 solely uh there was a lot of the receivers as Justin Watson didn't really play after the Saints and Chargers games a large part <laughs> because of the, yeah exactly so I think yeah. that was a big part of it but also mechanically I thought it was interesting I actually brought this up yesterday Paul Atwell for us, so I wrote a piece uh, that just recently ran on Pewter Report that he talked to a quarterback's mechanics expert, and the mechanic expert said the one throw that he thinks would have been considerably harder and more painful for Brady to make with that MCL that he was playing on would have been 
throws where he had to open and throw to the boundary on out routes and things like right. that. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, it's not ever an arm strength issue for Brady. And honestly, it's not right. an arm strength issue for Kyle Trask either. It's a mechanics issue. You know, he, some guys can make the throw with all arm. And so it doesn't matter if the mechanics are great. Right. Trask's arm isn't That's good enough to do it without great mind, mechanics. Right. right. Exactly. Mahomes yeah. is one. So he just needs to get that right. It doesn't mean they think can't be things that are cleaned up, but I say all that to just say that I don't think Trask really sees the moment to take advantage of Gabbert's kind of up and down play, but right. none of it matters, right, Scott? Because Jason Light and Bruce Arians think playing Gabbert is amazing. I mean, every time no, they, do. they get there talking about, oh, it wasn't Tom's best day, blah blah blah. You know, playing Gabbert. Well, you know what, John? Gabbert could be an All Pro, Scott. I'm gonna tell you. I you mean, look at this. It's 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 not just. Bruce Arians and Jason Light that have an affinity for the guy. I mean, I, I'm kind it's of in you that too. same boat. It is. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a of a football man crush on Blaine Gabbert. That's okay. This is what Bruce had to say today because I asked him point blank. I said, you know, you didn't have Brady today. It's his birthday. He's 44 today. Got the day off, which, you know, that's, that's what you want and expect as a 44-year-old quarterback mm-hmm. uh, to at least not work on your birthday. Um, so I asked – Bruce about his his level of of comfortability with Blaine if and you know I knocked on wood if something were to happen to Tom Brady long term and they needed Blaine to quarterback this team and get into the playoffs did he have confidence that he could do that now to to preface this when you and um and Mark Hook had uh Bruce on the show before on the podcast yeah he talked about Blaine Gabbert, call him the, right. the most underrated player in the in the NFL. When when we had Jason Light on it for the Super Bowl, he right. was was talking about Blaine being in the mix as Brady's possible successor. And that's down the road. We'll see. But this mm-hmm. is what Bruce had to say today about Blaine Gabbert. My confidence is off the charts. I know how good Blaine is. I mean, he was on fire today. Now you're going to take exception to that, John. Uh, <laughs> reading your practice report, and that's okay. Um, he knows where the ball should go. When it should go there, he can make every throw. Now, sometimes he's got so much talent, he tries to fit one in a tiny little window, but that's usually a practice to see if he can get it in there. He's got wow, you talent, and he knows this offense inside and out. So I have all the confidence in the world. So that's that's some pretty lofty praise right there. He loves you know, him. I for, mean, it doesn't get more Blaine. lofty when he said he was the most underrated player in the league. So, I mean, at this point, I'm not surprised by anything. I barely batted an eye at this. And right. I watched playing Gabbard every rep in practice. You know, yeah. to say that he was on fire today is mildly, that's to put it mildly quite funny. I don't that's think he was hyperbole. horrible today by any right. stretch, by the way. Like, yeah. but like there was nothing today was not a change for Blaine Gabbard in terms of. So, right. But anyway, it's just that's what they clearly really like him. Whatever the yeah. reason is, I hope when he gets in a game that he kills it. I don't think he was terrible today. I think he's fine as a backup in the NFL. If you lose your starter in the NFL quarterback, you're screwed. So, I mean, yeah. it's not really a big deal to me. I, I did kind of hope, Scott, that this would be a competition between he and Kyle Trask. I thought it could make both of them better if it were a competition. It is not a competition. We just need to kind of be real yeah. about that, I think, with fans. So far, two weeks into training camp, this has not been a competition at all. Ryan Griffin is getting the three, or today was be with Brady out. It was the, the number two reps, yeah. snaps. Yeah, he's getting the backup reps. He's getting way more reps than Kyle Trask, or at least has the last couple of days. I'm assuming it was that way the first week of camp as well. But it's clearly Trask is going to have a roster spot. I don't think that's in question. Yeah. But 
Right now, he is being eased in. It is baby steps. He is getting less reps yeah. than everybody else. They do not view it as a competition at this point in time. Not at all. And that's something Jake Arians even talked to us about on on the the podcast over the summer. Mm-hmm. Was he, you know I think you you asked the question: um, Should Kyle Trask or would Kyle Trask compete for that number two spot this year? Yeah. And I'm, Jake said no, not this year. Now next year you want him to be in the mix. Next year with a year's worth of development behind the scenes, learning the offense, you want that to happen. But right. As it stands right now, and I've said this before on a on a podcast, I think while you were gone, John, it's 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 kind of crazy, but this team is going to keep their fourth string quarterback, Kyle Trask, on the roster because mm-hmm. of his his draft status as a late second round pick. Um, you can't afford to put the guy on the practice squad because there's there'll be too much intrigue. A team will sign him as their number three. But the the real number three on this this team is going to be Ryan Griffin. So what happens if there's an injury to Blaine Gabbert or Tom Brady, and they need to make a quarterback move? Well, what you're going to see at that point in time is you're going to see Ryan Griffin come off the practice squad, yeah, and, and be the backup or the number three, depending on you know who's out uh, ahead of Kyle Trask, who's on the roster and will be on the roster this whole year. So in essence, your third string quarterback will be on the practice squad. Your fourth mm-hmm. string quarterback will be on. The fifty-three man roster this year. So you think if it, well, I'm not. I know we're not ready to say for sure because, but you think if an injury were to somehow befall Brady and Gabbert, that even Griffin would play in a game over Trask, as it currently stands, at least. As it currently stands, if the Bucks were were in it, yes, that's the case. If yeah. the season were if, just oh. disastrously wrong, then I think you might look at right. okay. development the developmental time on the field for Trask, but. But, that um, would be tough. It would be tough for me to see Griffin yeah. play. I mean, I'm not saying it would be wrong. I just, man, if you're yeah. Trask and you can't beat out Griffin, like, whoa, buddy. And like right now, Griffin's yeah. just, I mean, yesterday it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, Griffin was okay today, Scott. I mean, it was it was fine. It wasn't a big deal. Like he made a couple of good throws, honestly. Right. Avoided turnovers a little bit more. The disaster moments weren't there as much today. Checked it down a lot. I mean, he did what he had to do, I think, a little bit more than he did in the past. But you know, the bottom line is I don't want to spend too much time talking about the quarterback room. It's just that I wish Kyle Trask I, I, I don't know whether he is or he isn't. I would say that what I've seen so far, it's like, yeah, I'd just like to see more of him, but I just wish it were considered a competition right now. You took the guy in the second round, you thought about taking him in the first round. They said anyway. Right. I mean, I feel like he should be allowed to compete for a backup quarterback spot in the NFL. Like, I don't think that's asking too much yeah. of the guy to well, be able to do that. They don't think he's ready for that, I think. Right. And not just that, they've not really given him the opportunity to be ready. Right. John. They have not given him Correct. number two reps. They have not given him, um, you know, aside from the, the field to work, which was in the first week of training camp, mm-hmm. um, he just hasn't gotten the reps. So they've not put him in position to be able to compete for the number two or number three job right. just because of that. And plus two, you've got Ryan Griffin, who's this is year seven in the league for him mm-hmm. with, with the Buccaneers. The longest tenure Bucks quarterback. <laughs> longest tenure Bucks quarterback. It's crazy, right? Um, and he's played in one half of a game, just a couple mm-hmm. of series. But um, but this is this is a guy that's that's in his third season of Bruce Arians offense. So right. uh, you know to, to, to me I, I don't see where Trask will have the opportunity to. Now, if he if he lights it up in the preseason, maybe that changes things. He's going to get a lot of playing time. This will be the Kyle Trask preseason. There there will be a lot of playing time for him in the preseason. Yeah. Guys like yeah. him, you know, and, and other players too that I'm excited to see. Guys like like Steve Vaughn, right? I mean, we're going to see a lot of Sneak Vaughn 
in in the preseason, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, um, a lot of these wide receivers that Bruce Arians was talking about today. Jaden Mickens is going to get you know a, a case to to you know maybe beat out Tyler Johnson for a a spot on on the depth chart. Uh, Tyler Johnson was on the team last year. So was Jaden Mickens in that return role, but that, that's going to go to Jalen Darden this year. So it might be a thing where, where Tyler Johnson, he didn't come into training camp in great shape. Bruce Arians yeah. called him out on it. He admitted it today. Um, you know, I right. think Matt Matera has an article up on pewterreport.com. That yeah, it's check, not that, a, check that a out for roster spot. Yeah. Right. Check that out for fans for sure. Let's talk about Tyler Johnson in a second here, but I do want to just backtrack real quick and and talk about how we are we are discussing a I've been it has been months maybe since maybe almost a year since I discussed something I the Bucks did that I really didn't like. I just mentioned one thing there. I'm just going to go for it and mention a second. I don't understand why Alex Kappa Aaron Stinney is being talked about as an open competition. I mean Alex Kappa is not the type of person that needs extra motivation. That's like your biggest grinder on your team. He's a tough guy, right. hard worker. He's transformed his body. He's all in on football. Uh, you know, it's not like you're sending a message. I, I dismissed that idea. So, like, what is the point? I mean, anybody who really studied those playoff games, I think, saw that Aaron Stinney survived. And I think what he did was admirable. And it was a performance right. that should be applauded. But he survived. He was not. I mean, Alex Kappa thrived this past season. He was very good this past season. I'm not saying he was pro bowl worthy or anything like that but he's a very good guard and they're just serious physical limitations with aaron stinney that he i don't think he can necessarily fix like he is not the ideal size or athleticism for that position and yeah. he's not like this technical genius that's made up for it either i mean he fights and he scraps but like he's a scrapper yeah alex, that's kind alex of is gonna be the starter scott like yeah. why are we doing that why bruce aaron's asked about it today he's like I think Stinney's really pushing him. It's going to be a great competition. I'm like, come on! Like, I, I I think that's just it's just coach speak, just just to get being. You know why? You know why I said it because there's no harm in saying it, right? There's no harm in giving Alex Cap a little bit of push, but Cap doesn't need a push, and the reason why is is because yeah. uh, he's in a contract year. That should be all the push that you need, right? Coming off of a broken ankle, um, you helped on the Super Bowl run last year for sure, but you didn't play in the Super Bowl, so you've got motivation to try to get back so you can actually play in the game this year. I, I think that's, right. I, I think that's that's a part of it. But the interesting right. thing too that Bruce said was he wishes that that Stinney was a better snapper. I think that, yes. that uh, you know, they'd love to see him cross train at center because really it's been Robert Hainsey, the the uh, third round pick who's yes. been. Backup center and the starting center when Ryan Jensen's I mean, out. Has Stinney, I mean, in my two practices, Stinney hasn't even taken a rep at center that I've seen anyway. I, I've not team. seen him take, a, yeah. take a, a rep there. The, the third string center has been Donnell Stanley from right. South Carolina. That's who it was today. Um, yeah. But the thing yeah. is, I, I, think, I think that the ideally they'd love for him to do that but mm -hmm. it's like bruce said once he starts getting a couple snaps then you have one that flies right over the quarterback's head and you just can't do that so yeah exactly uh, right I, here's what I, th I think they would they would love for him to be more trustworthy in that area because then he would have more value as, as a, a guy that can cross train between center and guard right and and activity on game day i mean if robert haynes yeah. can play all three spots and said he can't then there's a pecking order in some ways although both should be active i think uh, here's what yeah. Bruce said today. Yeah, Cap looks like he's full speed. He's not holding back at all. He looks fine. Aaron Stinney's putting a lot of pressure on him. Stinney played really well when he got his opportunity last year. I wish he could snap the ball better. He snaps it really, really good, and then all of a sudden one goes flying over the quarterback's head. Aaron is a solid player too, so there's always competition. 
I get it. I mean, he's not saying like, oh yeah, Aronson, he might start, right? But I mean, that's what he suggested. Right. And I, to me, I just don't, I don't know that I quite get it. Maybe they're a little bit. It, it seems to me the indication is that Alex Kappa might not be a priority next year in free agency, but we'll yeah. see. I mean, one great year could change that, and who knows how much his coach speak. I just creating well, I, the controversy you, to me seems silly at this point. When you look at it, and I've talked to people in the front office, right? It's it's all about the the financial hierarchy, and right now they've got oh, three yeah. guys. They'd make $10 million or more on that offensive line, right? You've got, um, you know, the, the the $10 million center and Brian Jensen. You've got Ali Marpetti makes a little bit more as as a, a Pro Bowl caliber left guard. And you got a, a left tackle who makes a little bit more than, than Marpet does in Donovan mm-hmm. Smith. So you already got three guys that are making $10 million or more. So it's going to be hard to justify paying a fourth one. And and they do like having Stinney as, in a, you know, as a, as a possible um, you know, f- fit in there. Uh, if mm-hmm. if Kappa does depart, they can maybe get by with the year with Stinney and and then draft the guy and bring in competition. Um, so, so you know, we'll see how it goes. I think right. the future right now, though, at center, looks like it's Robert Hainsy. I thought he might be a guy that would see more time at guard and maybe be in that mix to possibly replace Kappa mm-hmm. next year. But uh, I I've yet to see. Um, Robert Hainsey take a lot of snaps at guard. It's mostly been at center. Yeah, it has been, and he wasn't out there today, and so we'll see if there ends up being an injury with him and they come back Thursday or what the deal is there. I don't think anyone asked Bruce about it today, so we'll monitor that one and see how it goes moving forward. I mean, Hainsey looked fine when he played the other day, honestly, and he looks like his body's gotten better. The only funny thing, I mean, Scott, his legs are still just not very yes. big. Like, he just has very <laughs> yeah. small legs for a lineman. I haven't noticed him getting knocked around or his anchor at center being poor. I know. I mean, yes. His technically I, I, seems I pretty either. good. I haven't either. And it's it's funny you say that because I remember Caleb Beninock when he was drafted mm-hmm. by the Bucks out of UCLA, very um, thin-hipped, um, kind of lanky yep. legs, twiggy legs. He was a high-cut dude. Very high cut, and and he had a very hard time anchoring. And they tried him a yeah. guard, they tried him a tackle, and you know I think he's out of the league now. Um, I expected Hainsey, especially at center, right, going, uh, you know, taking on double teams and and mm-hmm. uh, and, and squatty and leverage squatty, guys inside. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I expected him to have more of a challenge. He could blown up in the backfield. I just haven't seen it yet, though. I mean, he's to his credit, he's he's really kind of held his own, and um, and that's encouraging because. Uh, if if he's if he's doing well enough right now with his current frame, mm-hmm. when he has an entire off season in an NFL weight training program, I think he's going to change his body very much like Alex Kappa did, going from that that leaner tackle body that he was a couple years ago coming in from Humboldt mm-hmm. to really transitioning to that guard body and having like the big thighs and the big butt and and having a lot more power. Right. And that lower torso to help anchor against the the you know the pass rushers. Yeah, there has been like no rhyme or reason physically, athletically to what the Bucks have done at the offensive line in terms <laughs> no. of drafting. Like they've taken guys <laughs> with like Marpet, who has a great body, but yeah. small school guy. You know, they've taken guys with huge huge athletes like Donovan Smith, but don't necessarily have the cleanest body. Tristan Wirfs, right. a freak, great body, you know, all the way around. Alex Kappa was just like you looked at him and the big number one thing was I don't even know if he has a body that can play in the NFL and it took three years, but now he does. And right. they just, they, it's all about mentality at that position for the bucks right now. And so that's, it's, it's interesting. I was going to note that. It, it's, it's also about agility though, too, because 
right now with those those five current starters, all of them have played left tackle in college. Now, mm-hmm. Tristan Works played mostly right, but he also started several games at left when there was injuries. And we, we know he's an athletic freak, right? I mean, whether he yeah. plays left side or right side, he is he is an athletic freak. But um, you go back to Northern Colorado with with uh, Jensen, Humboldt State with Kappa, Ali Marpet was a left tackle at, at mm. uh, um, Hobart College. Donovan Smith yep. was a left tackle uh, for Penn State. So Jason Light's got five left tackles from college playing as his starting offensive line right now. Right. Hey, let's talk about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy, Scott, is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. On underdog fantasy, you just draft. There's no need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. You can go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. There's no in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up, so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. $1 million grand prize. Their best ball mania is going on right now. It is unbelievable deal because you get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy you if you use the promo code Pewter. So get in there, get your free $25 in there, and get a chance to win all this money. You can go over to underdogfantasy.com. It's easy to use. The mobile app is slick. It's very user-friendly. It's one of my – I'm a big aesthetic guy. I'm a big user-friendly guy. I think the great website – website. Yes. It's a great-looking website, and it's easy. It's so simple. I think the Yahoo layout sometimes gets me like, what is going on here? And, I mean, I, all of the fantasy football sites I've had that struggle with. I love the the layout at Underdog Fantasy. It's one of my favorite things about it. Uh, so join a league, draft a team. You're good to go for the season. These best ball leagues are the way to go. Uh, the in-season management tires me out, frankly, to be honest. Uh, all the time when you have a million fans. I want to draft one team right. in August and just set yep. it and forget it. That's that's, that's me, what you right? can do, Scott. They'll pull your player best scores every from your best players every single week. You don't have to worry about setting your lineup or adding people off waivers or anything. They'll just pull your best scores every week. So it's all about your draft. Underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, the Google Play Store. Sign up with the code Pewter P E W T E R and get that twenty-five dollars and free bonus crash credit over at Underdog Fantasy. All right, now we got to talk about it, Scott, because we I know people are tired of it. They don't want to hear it anymore, but I think it's at the point where we just need to start discussing Tyler Johnson in earnest. I'm not saying he's going to lose his spot on the team or anything like that. Right. I've been bringing this up for going back to minicamp, that it's just it's harder than people think to find him a spot on game days at least. And right. now you kind of say came in and said today, you're not sure that his spot on the roster is a lock either what are your thoughts there well i don't i don't think it's it's a lock because when you look at, at the special teams value he's got to really be a special teams ace that's what kept justin watson on this team last year and in years past it wasn't really his ability to catch the ball and so i i think he comes into camp um with a little bit of a strike against him not being in shape yeah. And we haven't really seen him. Yeah, he had a nice win-handed catch the other day. He's he's done well. But the problem is this wide receiver group is so deep in terms of talent, mm-hmm. right? And and this guy right here is is going to take Tell the spot, in, in my opinion. That's the guy. That That's Jaylen where Darden. I see the shuffling happening right now, Scott. Yes, like Jalen Darden is going to take, is gonna I, take I, the number five wide receiver spot. And let, I mean, you have Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller. Number five is going to be Jalen Darden. And, and here's the tricky part now is Tyler Johnson hasn't been bad in camp. Yes, I know he showed up and he wasn't where they wanted him to be conditioning-wise and he was out of shape and he's admitted it and Arians has said it. 
but like he's done well. I mean, I saw, I read the practice reports from, from you guys before I got there uh, to training camp this year when I was up in PA, I was yes. reading them and I was seeing reports, the good stuff for sure. And, and when I, the two days I've been there, he's been great. He's caught everything thrown his way. He's right. been impressive. He's getting open, but Darden has been more impressive. Jaden Mickens yes. has been more impressive and that's not a knock on Tyler Johnson. That's just how good this room is. And those guys are also impact players on special teams They've done other things on specialties. Mickens has been a gunner. He's been a return guy. He offers right. those kinds of things. It's just hard on game days. I'm not saying he's not going to make the roster. It presents right. challenges on game days. And when Darden is – if Darden is outplaying Tyler Johnson at receiver and you'd rather have him on the field on offense, then your five are set. Your sixth guy right. is special teams. If yes. Mickens is a gunner and Tyler Johnson can't do squat on special teams – right. You know what I'm saying? They're going to keep seven receivers. Yeah. Mickens is going to be the sixth guy that's active. If that's the yeah. case. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Johnson has even got a crack at being a gunner, Scott. Like that, right. they haven't even put him in that position. They don't think he can do it. Well, he's not that fast. I mean, what yeah. he has to do is be on on the punt coverage team, but really as as a, either personal protector or somebody, one of those in line guys, like on the wing. And and can he do that, right? Can he run down on kickoffs and and make tackles? I mean, that those are some right. things Justin Watson did and did well. So I, I yep. I've got some reservations about that. Again, it's not like Tyler Johnson has done anything wrong. It's no, just that yes, that that this is a very deep thing. And I'll tell you that the, the name that's kind of been buzzing a little bit in training camp, from kind of like a, a sleeper perspective at wide receiver, has been Travis Johnson. Yeah, this is a player. Yes, no that, question that, that the Bucks like because of his practice squad ability. Now that that might seem a little funny, right? And maybe Travis Johnson's destined for the practice squad again. But um, for their scout team last year, I mean, he he's a very athletic big guy. When when they were game planning for for Taysom Hill as that gimmick quarterback, when the, the Saints had Drew Brees at quarterback, and they would run the Taysom Hill package, it kind of caught mm-hmm. the Bucks, burned him a couple times in the season. Travis Johnson was the guy that was doing that wildcat quarterback. So they like his versatility in that role. Um, this is going to pain me to say this, but Cyril Grayson's had a pretty good training camp, John. <laughs> oh, come on. I wasn't even going to put this on you because I've been there two days and he was one of the guys that didn't make, he messed up a route. Brady chewed him yeah. out uh, on Monday. And then yet today he was not, pl- he didn't participate because of a hamstring. I think Marion said, well, I wasn't it, even going to put that out there, but before the week I missed, he was good then. Well, yeah. 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 He was okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that pains you yeah. to say it. it I can see it on say your it. face. Yes, it does. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, and you said it in our Peter report group text, Arians can't quit. Cyril Grayson. Okay, so, like, and then uh, Blaine Gabber, those two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's he's got a thing for Grayson and his track speed. He's a track guy at LSU. And, yes, I mean, you know, he tried to catch a, a football with his face mask against the Panthers last year. It didn't quite work <laughs> out. Um, that's that's kind of what caused my scorn for, for Cyril Grayson, not going to lie. But the thing is, is, is John – I mean, he's he's fast. He's a project. He's somebody that that is like a little pet project for Arians. And I think Travis yeah. Johnson's in that mold too. And what can what can Tyler Johnson do to stand out? I think that's the thing. What 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 can he do to stand out and differentiate himself? He's doing all the things right, but yeah. Johnson can bring more from a a size standpoint and kind of a, you know, a, a matchup standpoint on, on the, the scout team in practice, there's mm-hmm. value in that. Sarah Grayson has speed that, 
that neither Tyler Johnson nor Travis Johnson have. So yeah. uh, right now, unfortunately, where Tyler Johnson has stood out is not in a good way. He's came to camp a little heavy and he's a little sluggish and he's caught the ire of Bruce Arians. When Bruce Arians chews you out in a press conference, and it was chewing him out, I shouldn't say that, but yeah. but, but, but it mentions you in a sending a message. Way. Yeah. Not a good yeah. Sending a message. Right. That's right. And this is hard because Tyler Johnson has been good. Again, I want to repeat that. He has been yes. good. He has made really good catches. You saw even yeah. on the Bucks Twitter, I think a one-handed catch he made the day before I yeah. got back. I mean, he has he has been kind of what you hoped he would be as a player on the field. Last year was in considering his role and the sure. amount of reps he could I was about as good as you could have hoped he would oh, yeah. play when he got the opportunities to play last season. And I think I think on any other wide receiver room in the league, it isn't a question with Tyler Johnson. Oh, yeah. I really He's do. I think he could three or a four right now. Right. Uh, but know, it's sure. I mean, you have clearly Scotty Miller's ahead of him. You know the top three are ahead of him. Scotty yes. Miller is going to play more. He's number and Jalen yeah. Darden has been awesome. Like that's the biggest problem yes. for Tyler Johnson right now. Because <laughs> Watson got hurt, and it's like, okay, right. now Tyler Johnson should be safe. And Jalen Darden just is stacking good practices and he can yeah. do more things, right? He can play inside or outside. He can get vertical. He's faster than Tyler Johnson. Um, he's made plays outside of his frame. He's beaten top competition. Um, yeah. He's obviously got the return guy. He's also got the kind of slip screen ability that they've used Antonio Brown right. since adding him. They kind of added that to their offense second half of last year. Darden gives you that and make people miss yeah. elusiveness. Tyler Johnson doesn't really give you that as much. Um if Godwin got hurt, yeah, Tyler Johnson's playing a ton. I mean, if Godwin got hurt, right. Tyler Johnson will, will all of a sudden type, jump in. Right, he would jump in, in and he would play exactly. more than right. He might play more than Scotty and, and Darden in that game. That's yeah. just the way that it goes. Rolls, but until that happens, because yeah. they have more guys now that can play the slot than they had Bruce Arians first year. Remember, Mike Evans didn't really play the slot. Now he will. Right. You no, know, Antonio yeah. Brown wasn't there. Now he could play the slot. Some Darden could play yes. inside if you need it. So now there's more options and. It kind of makes it, okay, well, we're not using Chris Godwin in the slot 100% of the time. Now we're right. using him there 50%, 60% of the time, and we're cycling through the people. And if he got hurt, we'd still put our best three on the field, and, and it's not a mm -hmm. big deal if we have Tyler Johnson active. So there's and, just a lot to consider. And the thing, too, with, with Jalen Darden, when, when you look at, at his frame, right, he's not as big as Antonio Brown. I think he's 5'8", Brown's 5'10". Darden's yeah. in the 170s, Brown's in the 190s. But his play style is very reminiscent of Antonio Brown. He can do some Antonio Brown things in terms of short area quickness, make you miss. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got he's got some sneaky speed. He is not as fast as Scotty Miller. I think that Jalen Darden falls in between Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller because yeah. uh, he's got some elements of both of those guys. And 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 I think that's that's what's special. That's what's making him stand out. Is is you know I think vertical. Speed wise, mm -hmm. Miller is, is faster, but Darden can still do that for the Buccaneers. Right. And and Tony says, yo, Scotty is a one trick player and Johnson is more versatile. I get that, Tony, and I'm not necessarily saying that you're wrong, but what Scotty does is as valuable as anything that a player can Bingo. do on the NFL field because he Bingo. is one of the fastest players in the league. Yes. I know because and he's white people offense, aren't gonna say that, but yes, that's in the this truth. offense, that is valuable. I mean, right. Arians puts a big emphasis on that value. And I think that's a big reason why Darden kind of checked that box too. It's not four, three speed, but it's four, four speed. And, right. and, and, and that's another guy that kind of fits that vertical element. That right. Arians like in the receiver. Right. It's just the, it's just the value of what he does. I mean, Scotty per play per target 
just was a big impact player. And it's, it's that that is just harder to replicate. You you that, that the value of that is harder to replicate another player, which is why I think he he's not in question. And also, Scotty looks yeah. improved as a route runner. I don't want to get too into it because I, I need to see yeah. more reps. That's we've hardly seen any reps from the top four guys. Like it's been uh, Darden has gotten a yeah. ton of reps. How Johnson's got a ton of reps. Johnson, Pearson, all those guys have gotten a lot. Grayson, a lot of reps for Mickens for those guys in the top four have been pretty. It's been pretty quiet, but today Scotty made some great plays. He yeah. runs some great routes, Sue. I think he's becoming John, more of a complete player. From what I've seen, too, and we'll see how the rest of camp goes, and we'll see what, what they do in the preseason, but it almost seems like now that Brady has a year in this offense that we're not going to see as much of Godwin and A.B. And, and Evans, and I think Bruce Arians smartly recognizes mm-hmm. a 17-game schedule is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And not to burn through these guys in August. They're veterans. They've been there. They've done that for guys like Godwin and Evans. This is year three in the in the system. Mm-hmm. They know it. A B, this is this will be his first full year, but he's got some root knowledge from yeah. the Pittsburgh days in this system. And he's a smart player. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think we're gonna see a lot more of these days, John, where we're going to see that the Tyler Johnsons, the Dardens going at it, more of the back end of the roster competing, especially in offense. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, let's let's not yep. let's not burn rubber here in August when it doesn't count. Save it for September through December when it does. Right. And I think the Bucks are one of the best teams in the league, both the last two years. They, I think they're the best team in the league the last two years, both years under Arians, in terms of players lost, like man games of players lost or something like that, the amount of games they've lost total from starters, um, per yeah. football outsiders. And some of that's luck, but some of it is also because Bruce Arians completely bought in on sports science and he knows how to manage these guys. It's unusual. It is, Scott, watch, for me watching a practice and seeing so many starters out all the time. Um, yeah. And Lante Davids missed what four of the last five days or four something or five, like that. Like, yes. yeah. yeah, Godwin missed two days back to back, and he says it's just maintenance. Day. You know, they're on the turf today, and and he doesn't want Levante on the turf, and so he just doesn't right. practice. And but man, uh, they won a Super Bowl last year with less time than they'll get together this year. So I'm not going to argue true. with that process. And <laughs> right. they've obviously kept people healthy, and that's the biggest thing. So, yeah. but it, if it works again this year, teams are going to start to take notice, and there's going to be a lot of changes yeah. around the league because I think the Bucks do more physical management of their players yeah. than other teams necessarily do. And they really preserve. They haven't done any live tackling. Great point. Steelers that's have been hitting for point. a week. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point, John. And, and I think the thing, too, is for as old school as Arians is, right, and the man yeah. is, is you know, what, close to 70, right? Um, yeah. For as old school as he is, he's very open-minded when it comes to things like yeah. sports science. And mm-hmm. like, if you can change his mind, like he'll listen. If you can change right. his mind, we'll do it. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that that's a very admirable quality. Because I tell you, especially as coaches get older, they resist change. It seems mm-hmm. right. But Bruce Arians has been a guy that's really embraced it, and it's really paid dividends for the Bucks. For sure. Good question here from Bucks Time Twelve. Has Darden played slot or outside? It has been mostly outside. Bucks yeah. Time Twelve. He has played a little bit in the slot, but you are mostly going to see Jalen Darden as an outside receiver in this offense with yep. the occasional kick inside. You know, there'll be a handful of snaps in there, just like there is for AB, even Scotty on occasion, yep. Evans, you know. Yeah. Right. You'll see you'll see guys move around more and more this year than than even before. Last year we saw it more than we did the year before. And this year you'll see it even more. Adjustments mean moving guys around and asking guys to do things from different positions. Everybody's gonna learn different spots, but 
Darden will start primarily as an outside guy, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, John, we talked about uh, Bruce Arians' press conference, and he talked about Ryan Suckup, you know, not having a great start to training camp. There's a story up on PewterReport.com. I'll let you all read that. Um, I don't think the alarm bells are going off just yet. This is a, a big-time veteran. They re-signed him for four years. So, um, you know, I'm nervous. I, well, listen, I, I think <laughs> I think Ryan Suckup did a fantastic job last year. I did not jinx the man at all, right? He was perfect in they, the preseason in terms of field goals. So I'm going to continue yep. to talk about him because obviously it worked last year. But um, one of the things that really, you know, caught my eye was was a really good quote from from Bruce Arians on Todd Bowles, right? This guy is just a, a defensive mastermind. And uh, John, I'll let you read this, but mm-hmm. he, he goes on to really – just talk about specifically what makes Bulls special as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he said, I think it starts with individual teaching. He can pick guys out that he knows is going to help him and what their deficiencies are as far as learning or whatever. How do they study film? He'll bring them in at 530 in the morning individually or maybe two or three to teach them how to watch film. His expertise in defense is outstanding. He knows everything. He's seen everything. He's done everything. So the X's and O's part, that's probably the easier part for him. It's fitting all the pieces together on guys. What can this guy do? What can that guy do? Where can I create mismatches? And that was Arians on defensive coordinator Todd Bowles. And it's interesting because we wouldn't necessarily have said – it hasn't been said, and it shouldn't have been said really about Todd Bowles over the years. As many good things have been said about him, one of the things has not really been that he is a guy that, as you just described with Arians, somebody that is, changes very easily. He's very right. – stubborn and he's very consistent with what he does and then when he finally kind of accepted we got to do something different in the playoffs it changed everything and so we are still in the process of learning what the bucks defense will look like this year will it look like it did last year will he play more to the strengths of his young secondary i thought that yesterday was kind of another example of they have really and i said this on on yesterday's podcast too scott i don't know if you got a chance to hear i said this to matt i said it just feels like the Bucks have like a lot of difference makers of safety right now and yeah. figuring out how to get more of those guys on the field is going to be right. an adventure, right? Especially if Ross Cockrell can do multiple things now. He made another play today, Scott, that yeah. I'm starting to get like a little bit like you just don't see this. I always love watching free safeties and practices. He made an unbelievable play. He's a too high safety and he's coming all the way across the field and he's making a play on the ball, uh, you know, and he got clotheslined. He knew he was going to. It was a big collision. It was kind of scary for a moment. He jumped right back up, but just made an. Still got his hand up there. Made an unbelievable play on the ball. He just feels like he's seeing everything really clearly right now and making great breaks on the ball. And it's just like, yeah. okay, how do we get him on the? Can he play safety in a game? <laughs> right. Like as a start, you know, like what do you yeah. want to do? Like there's just like a lot of options right now, and it feels like getting Mike Edwards and him on the field, and then. I'm not again. I'm. I was saying this yesterday, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because Matt was like, "Just pump the brakes a little bit." But I watched Jamel Dean again today, and I, I it's hard, man. He's just not always engaged. Really, yeah. he feels like he gets fooled at the top of routes a lot. Um, I know Tyler Johnson got a that one hand a touchdown against him the other day. He was, you know, a couple guys have beat him over the last two days in in one on ones and in team sessions. I'm not like throwing Jamal Dean out or anything. He's very, very talented. It just right. feels like it's not quite consistent with him. And I wonder if there's a path to, okay, SMB, you're just going to play outside. Carlton, you're one outside. When we go to nickel, Winfield, you're in the slot. Or Cockrell, you're in the slot. And yeah. Edwards, you're deep. And Whitehead, you're at strong safety. Or You know what I mean? It feels like there's other ways to get maybe your best guys on the field if Dean's struggling. The interesting thing is, is Dean kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Brian Kelly. 
the former Bucks cornerback in the fact that that whether the secondary consisted of, and I'm talking to the old school Bucks fans now, if, you're, if the secondary consisted of Donnie Abraham, Rondé Barber, and Brian Kelly, Donnie Abraham and Brian Kelly, um, or I should say Rondé Barber and Donnie Abraham were the playmakers. Mm-hmm. And Brian Kelly was the steady Eddie. He was the guy that, except for the Super Bowl year, when he had eight interceptions to lead the Bucks and the NFC that season. But the reason why he had inter- interceptions is because the year before, Rondé Barber had 10 interceptions to lead the Bucks and the NFC. Mm-hmm. And teams were just simply not throwing Barber's way because they didn't want a pick or a pick six. So Kelly got a lot more opportunities. And um, But Brian Kelly was not the dynamic playmaker that guys like Donnie and Rondé were. And even when Donnie left in the Super Bowl year and Dwight Smith was was that other guy we saw in the Super Bowl itself, Dwight Smith can can be a big-time playmaker in a ball hawk. And um, so I, I think that's the next step for, you know, I, I think that's the next step for, for Jim Dean. And I asked him about this in the conference call the other day. Um, you know, he had one big play last year in terms of a pick six. That was against right. the Packers. It was a monumental play. That was the only interception he had the entire season. And he and dropped he, a couple against the Bears. Remember, and he dropped four. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think that that that's going to be that's going to be the next step for him because you can't celebrate the PBUs, right? The, mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing I learned from Mike Tomlin. It's like when he came in uh, in two thousand one. Uh, John, I think you've heard of Mike Tomlin, right? He was the defensive backs coach down here in Tampa. Right? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. So he, he comes to Tampa and he says, listen, uh, like stop, stop celebrating pass breakups because you're celebrating a dropped interception, like knock it off. Okay. That was 2001. What, what happened next year, John, they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Had they won the Super Bowl? Cause they had 31 interceptions that that's, season. Now Derek Brooks had five of them, you know, by himself. Right. Right. But that's still an awful lot of interceptions in that secondary. Right. And, and that's got to be the key. We saw that the Carlton Davis take that step, right, from one interception two years ago to four last year. And even Carlton dropped his share. He's not the most gifted ball hawking guy. But Sean yeah, Murphy Bunting, yes, and Sean Murphy Bunting is taking steps. We saw mm-hmm. three interceptions and a pick six as a rookie. He had a wealth of injuries last year, but in the postseason, he added three to the one he had, and he ended up with four. So I'm with you, John. The long answer is, listen, if Ross Cockrell, Mike Edwards, if they're making plays on the ball, if they're creating takeaways, you got to find a way to get them on the field. Maybe Sean Murphy Bunting's outside and Ross Cockrell's the inside in the slot, and Jamel Dean's on the bench if he's not making plays. Maybe that's yeah. what – ultimately happens. I think Dean's going to get the benefit of the doubt. He'll start early on, mm-hmm. but, but it, it, listen, this is year three for Jamel Dean. The light bulb's got to come on. He's got to become a playmaker uh, and he can't get, get fooled by play action and biting on head fakes and, and, yeah. and getting redirected with quarterback's eyes. Right. Exactly. Right. So I think it's just, we need to just have an eye on Dean. We haven't talked about right. that being a open competition. Right. I think there's paths where he could play poorly enough to get himself out of the starting lineup, even by week one. So we'll see what happens. Also, I want to see how much run he gets in preseason. I, I want to yeah. see you know, that'll tell us a lot about whether they think he needs to be tested more and they need to see more from him. If he plays a lot in the preseason, if he's playing in the second half of a couple of preseason games, you know what I mean? So, and in some ways you need to see more of Dean than you do Cockrell. You know what Cockrell yeah. is. He's like not, he's like the opposite of Dean. Like yeah. he's steady and reliable, but he's got no real physical or athletic traits that get you super excited. Right. Um, so you don't really need to see Cockrell play that much. Maybe yeah. in safety, you want to see him in the game a little bit, but 
Dean's the guy I think you really need to to see play some. So he's going to be definitely one to watch throughout the preseason. Yep. Agreed. So I guess that, that kind of covers the main topics for today. You touched on Sucka very quickly. I won't add anything to what you're saying because he went four of six or five of seven today. Greg and I were having a debate about which it was. We could not remember. But yeah. either way, he missed two kicks and we made his last two and they were monster kicks. He nailed them both. So that was a good way to close it out. Uh, Bruce was honest. He hasn't been that important you know, that impressive so far, I think, but right. I think he's not worried about it yet either. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Long way to go until we had to worry about Ryan Sucker. Let's focus on other things for now. Um, so yeah. it's been two good days of practice. So I think today they got better as a younger group. A lot of uh, younger guys playing today. It felt a little more like the rookie mini camps. And yeah. I think Thursday when they get back out there, you'll see some of the vets uh, return to action after some of them will get yeah. now a couple and, days and, off. Cause you know what? I wrote about this on my Fab Five, and, and I got to say it here on the podcast. It, this is going to be a fun preseason. Usually, no one hates preseason games more than this guy right here. Right? I've seen too many yeah. of them in but, Tampa Bay. Usually in Tampa, they they come with a, a lightning or rain delay, right? So, um, you know, get not home a, at three a.m. Yeah, not an ideal way to spend a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night. Thankfully, they're all on Saturday nights this year. Mm. But gosh, John, this year we're going to see Kyle Trask. We're going to see Anthony Nelson and, and Joe Tryon. We're going to see Jalen Darden. We're going to see Ross Cockrell. Um, you know, we're going to see Tyler Johnson. We're going to see Sneak Vaughn. We're going to see a, a lot of guys um, that that are really showing out in training camp and just showing how deep this team is. I think the biggest yeah. takeaway for me as the grizzled old vet on Peter Report that's been here for 26 years is this team – is is by far i mean it, it it's an embarrassment of riches in terms mm -hmm. of how deep this team is cody mcelroy is fighting for the fourth string safety spot he's looked as good to where he could be a number three in other teams easy right mm, tanner hudson could be a number three easy mm. tight end but the, the number three tight end on this team is cam Brate, who could easily be a number two elsewhere or, or a starter in some or starter in some places yeah. yes john this this team is way deeper than the Bucks Super Bowl team of 2002 mm -hmm. slash 2003. I mean, it's, it is, there's no comparison. Yeah. People, we can sit there and debate starter for starter, which is the better Bucks team. There are two different eras, right? 2002, mm -hmm. 2020, uh, like the, that, that's a, a fight for another day. But what is undisputed is this Bucks team by far and hats off to you, Jason Light and Bruce Arians and John Spitek mm -hmm. and the scouts. This Bucks team is crazy deep at so many positions and we touched on quarterback john that's one of them i mean yeah it's i mean it, it's amazing watching practice it honestly is because everywhere you look you're just like i mean it could yeah. be three days you haven't even thought about scotty miller you're like oh right scotty miller forgot, about, <laughs> yeah. forgot they've been too like. john at monday's practice you asked me you said all right, i read all the reports who's not looking good and my yeah. answer was like uh everybody's kind of looking right. good <laughs> right, i mean right. the guys like cameron kinley and Mm -hmm. And, you know, Nate Brooks and stuff, the, the, those are guys that are like super fringe and, and aren't going to yeah. make it. But, but I mean, when, when we're talking about like the star of training camp on defense being Ross Cockrell, right? Mm -hmm. the, the fourth cornerback, the, the emergency fourth safety. safety. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's just a tribute to Jason Light and this, this organization for flooding several positions, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we haven't talked about Sneak Vaughn, Rojo, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Um, you know, you, you've got uh, Giovanni Bernard, and then, yeah, then you I mean, got 
Keyshawn Vaughn, who's played really, yeah. really well and had a very good camp, and he's the fourth string running back. So I mean, Gronk, I don't think we've. I mean, I know he didn't practice today, but yeah, I don't think we mentioned him for like three days, you know, right. because it's just not, you know, he doesn't happen to get a target that day, yeah. like or whatever, you know. Yeah. And so it's been very quiet for he and OJ Howard lately, and we'll see. I'm sure that'll change as yeah. the week goes yeah. on. We'll be talking about them again. You know, what's ridiculous, John, is this team last year had one Pro Bowler, mm-hmm. Jason Pierre-Paul. They won the Super Bowl one pro bowler and it's <laughs> look, just crazy now that's going to change this year this is going to be <laughs> right. a pure pro bowl there's going to be like six yeah. or seven buccaneer pro bowlers as there should be the yeah, kind of caught some just shows you how surprises. ridiculous the award is because they could yeah. be worse this year they could play worse and they have more guys going more to pro bowl because yeah, they just won exactly. a super bowl and it's just a yeah. garbage garbage process meanwhile the guy that went to the pro bowl no no disrespect to jpp but he's not even like <laughs> top 10 player on the team so right yeah. anyway it's yeah, just that's it's fair crazy. yeah yeah. Um, no, I think that you bring up a good point. And we'll, what I'm going to write about tomorrow in Bucks briefing is Jalen Darden and the emergence of what's happening here and how we should be handling it. Because there's a tendency to want to react strongly when I think it's been this good and this consistent too. He's gotten right. better, I think, as he's faced better competition. That is really a great sign to me as I've scouted players that when that happens, I tend to go, let's go, like jump yeah. all in. And so yeah. just kind of talking about where we should be on him and how we should temper ourselves. Uh, moving forward a little bit and where his place in the wide receiver room could be this year and then beyond what the future could look like for him. So that'll be tomorrow. Bucks briefing will be coming out. It'll be on Wednesdays from now on, by the way, if you were looking for Bucks briefing today, uh, it'll be on Wednesday. So you'll have that to look forward to tomorrow. Yes. This right here from Max. Max wants to know Rick Wagner, Russell Okun, DeMar Dotson still available. What are the chances that we sign another tackle as an insurance tackle is the only position position we're thin, in my opinion. That's probably true. That it, it really depends true. on what you think of Josh Wells. I mean, the team yeah. really likes him. Clearly, they keep resigning right. him. So the team probably doesn't agree with us. I, I tend to right. agree with with Max that if somebody got hurt, I yeah, I wouldn't want Josh Wells starting this season at all so yeah i look at one of those guys especially and, and russell and brad seaton's just a guy he's right the, the fourth string tackle he's just a guy so. right for sure so tomorrow yeah bucks briefing will be out there'll be no podcast tomorrow okay we will have podcasts thursday and friday yeah. thursday at 4 p.m friday at 8 p.m we'll do a special night podcast to recap this kind of second week of training yeah. camp practices no uh, practice tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. No practice tomorrow. So no podcast tomorrow. Practice and podcast on Thursday. Podcast at 4 p.m. Practice and podcast on Friday at 8 p.m. will be the podcast on Friday. Also keep in mind and remember football returns and live game action on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Hall of Fame game. I think the Cowboys are playing a team that used to be really, really good. The Steelers. Maybe oh, the Steelers! But, oh. <laughs> I have to slander my own team before y'all get to it. That's a, oh but, man. Anyway, yeah, not many starters will be playing in that game, but hey, it's gonna be football, and I I can't freaking wait. Every yeah. single year, dude, can't wait. I mean, yeah, yeah. What, five plays into the Hall of Fame game, I'll be like, wow, this sucks. But right <laughs> before it starts, yeah, I'm gonna be amped up and excited. So it's gonna be fun. So we'll be back out of practice on Thursday and Friday, and we'll have pods both of those days. Obviously, we're 11 days from the Bucks first preseason game and mitch right. wants to make sure we don't forget about our friends over at manscape oh, can't do that john <laughs> can't do that not today not today mitch or was it today i don't know we let's did it, it yesterday today. we let's can do, do it, it today. Today. you want to talk all right let's let's, let's talk about them here we go we got some giveaways with it maybe we do that's that's uh, why no. we're gonna talk about it okay all right great thanks mitch yeah good so reminder here's the thing we're, john's gonna talk about manscaped i'm gonna tell you before and at the end that I'm giving away more Pewter Report t-shirts, right? It's it's that time. So if you want a Pewter Report t-shirt, all you have to do is, is you know, purchase the Manscaped product, 
and um, and then email me your receipt at sr@peterreport.com, and it's not going to have any of your financial information. Don't want it. Don't need it. But it's going to have your address, which I do need because I got to send you the shirt. So it's a free shirt, no shipping and handling. We're just going to ship it to you. Just thank, thanks to you for, for being a Manscaped uh, supporter. And right. as as John and I are, we we use Manscaped. It's not just something we we promote. We we believe in the product. Mm-hmm. I never would have believed in it if they didn't send it to me for free. Got to be honest. That's honest disclaimer. But damn, it's it's a hell of a awesome. product. Yeah, and it works, and it's yeah. fantastic. And I'm wearing the the Manscaped uh, boxer briefs right now, nice. which I'm not going to show you. But thank you. Appreciate but they're very that. comfortable. The most thank comfortable you. pair of boxers I have. They are. They absolutely are. And I wear them on special occasions all the time because I'm a nerd like that. But no, it's great. I mean, the Manscaped Pet Performance Package 4.0 comes with really everything. I mean, you've got the, the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, waterproof. Yes, there it is. Waterproof. Look at the light on that thing. Yeah. I know very it sounds important. loud because he's holding it by a mic, but it's yeah. actually very quiet. Um yes. and and uh and it's it's great. No, no nicks or scratches, anything like that. It's just very clean, very smooth shave very comfortable that's like the main thing with manscape to me it's just they perfect the technology to make sure it's as comfortable and efficient as possible you got the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer that's a clutch get yes. uh that, that comes in very handy for sure uh the crop preserver ball deodorant the crop reviver toner the performance boxer briefs by the way that scott mentioned uh and the travel bag to hold your goodies those things by the way the preserver and the reviver they smell amazing uh they are it's all terrific stuff i mean honestly manscape kind of thinks of everything they've got a travel lock that so your battery doesn't run out if it actually flips on in your backpack they've got the lock so that doesn't happen um it's all really great stuff there's the travel bag and at 20 percent off plus the free shipping with that promo code pewter p-e-w-t-e-r i mean you're getting a great deal you're getting 20 percent off you're changing your relationship. <laughs> you're getting this Manscape package, performance package 4.0. You're getting free shipping. You're getting a Pewter Report shirt. It's a great gift. If you're getting it as a gift for somebody else, you can keep the shirt for yourself. I mean, there's just a million different. It's just, it's the best deal. That I mean, I really think it's one of the best deals we got going. Um, totally and Manscaped's got their own deals going on all the time too over on manscaped.com. So check it out, click around, see different things you want, check out some of the products. It is game changer stuff. Scott and I both love it. Everybody we talk to loves it. Uh, everybody we've given gifts to loves it. It's it, you really, I've never heard anybody say a negative thing about it. It's, yes. it's terrific stuff. So do that. And also subscribe to our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. Hit the like button on our videos. Told you this yesterday. You guys are the main way that our YouTube channel grows. You've been great since training camp started. Keep spreading the word. As you get excited about Buck season starting in 11 days with the preseason game, Tell friends, families, loved ones, hey, check out the Pewter Report podcast. If you're into the Bucks, check these guys out. You know, they give great training camp recaps. They bring up great topics on the show. They're fun. They're engaging. They're good looking. They're, you know, and if you, if you believe those things, don't lie. But if you believe those things, let people know, spread the word, do what you can to help us grow because y'all are the main way that we do that and we grow on this channel. So t- Thursday, next podcast is Thursday at 4 p.m., Friday at 8 p.m., another podcast. That'll wrap up our week, so make sure you're tuned in for those ones. Until then, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.